It was brought to my attention over the course of the last week that when I first began as an associate, I would preach for about five to seven minutes. And now that I've been named temporary administrator, I'm like eight and a half to nine minutes. So I always say, if you start preaching longer and longer, they'll just promote you in the church. So <laughs> way back, the beginning of time, God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, not from necessity, not under compulsion, but of his own goodwill, desired to share his own blessed life with creatures. And so he created, as the old Greeks say, goodness is diffusive of itself. Goodness desires to pour itself out upon others. And creation begins in Genesis by saying that there was darkness upon the face of the abyss. And then God speaks and light is created through the word. The word through whom God created all things brings forth light. And then Genesis moves through the creation story until it reaches the pinnacle sort of the crown upon material creation, which is humanity. Humanity joins together the material and the spiritual, but humanity is also specified to be in the image and likeness of God. Let us make man in our own image, in the image and likeness of God. St. John Damascene says that is the intellect and the will of the human person, the image and likeness of God. The intellect, which allows us to apprise things, to decide what is good and evil, and the will, which allows us to direct ourselves towards ends and towards good things. And God looks at his creation, he says all is good. Because when God makes something, he makes it good. But mankind soon causes chaos. Humanity is tempted. And the temptation is noteworthy, as you know from Genesis. You will be like gods. That is the ultimate temptation. Mankind decided to grasp. They decided to grasp ab above their nature for the divine. They tried to make themselves God, and that led to disobedience, and that led to the fall. And once again, then darkness re-entered the world. Once again, darkness, the darkness of sin and death, was on the face of the abyss. But then in the fullness of time, the second person of the Trinity, the word through whom all things were made, the lights of the world, the true light which enlightens every man, becomes flesh and dwells among us. The word through whom all things were created will now recreate all things once again through the word. And that is what we celebrate tonight, Jesus Christ entering into the world. And notice the way in which Christ entered the world. He's healing our pride, and he does it with opposites. We grasped, our first sin was a sin of pride, grasping to be like God. When Christ comes to redeem us, he empties himself. He lays aside, he hides his divinity underneath his humanity. He empties himself. He is born in a manger to teach us to seek humility. God, who dwells in inaccessible light, 
clothed himself with our humanity. The medievals used to call his humanity priestly garments because through them he offered sacrifice for us. Christ enters into the world at night, into the midst of our darkness, the true light, when the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Such was the plan and the desire of God from all eternity. Such is his goodness and his will and his wisdom to redeem us. But even this act, this self-emptying, which led him to a manger, which led him to be laid in a feeding trough, was insufficient for the great love of God and the great mercy of God and the great humility of God. He desired even more. He also recognized that when he took on humanity, he took on something which is finite. Our humanity is constrained to a particular place and a particular time. And so Jesus Christ knew he would dwell in Israel for a set number of years among set number of people, and he desired more. God desires to dwell with us always and everywhere. God desires to dwell with each one of you. God also recognized that we tend to be hard-hearted and forgetful, and we would forget about the birth of Christ. We would get caught up in worldly things, and we would turn away. And so God gives us the most holy Eucharist. If you think about it, every Mass, when I lean upon the altar, when I say, take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, I once again call down, unworthy though I am, I call God down from heaven. And just as so many years ago, he hid his divinity underneath his humanity, now he hides his divinity underneath these appearances of bread and wine. Because once again, God is manifesting his sublime humility and his sublime desire to share life with you and to dwell with you. That is why I always say the most important thing we do as a parish is celebrate the Mass. The Mass, which is the summation of all of salvation history, it represents Good Friday, Easter Sunday, and as I just mentioned, Christmas night. In this age, in the past age, in any age, the most important thing we can do is celebrate the Mass. This is why Father Nathan and I don't cancel it. It doesn't matter how cold it gets. We will have Mass. The Mass is the center of what we do. I tried to make it obvious tonight with giant candlesticks on the altar. You should know what the center of this church is. The Mass. The Eucharist. Because at every Mass, we relive Christmas. Jesus Christ comes again and again and again into our lives. Even the other sacraments all point back to the Eucharist. Baptism incorporates us into the body of Christ, makes us sons and daughters of God, and makes us worthy to receive the most blessed sacrament. Confession reunites us to God if we have turned away from him so that we can once again receive him. The sacrament of holy orders produces priests to consecrate the Eucharist for you. Marriage increases the population of God and sanctifies you so that God can share his life more and more and more. Everything we do points to the Mass and flows from it. And you should notice that once again with the Eucharist, Jesus is using opposites to heal us. In the garden, he said, don't take and don't eat. And now he says, take and eat. He says, that divinity which you desired, that divinity which you grasped for, that divinity which you sook when you fell, I now give to you. 
take and eat, such is my love for you. Take and eat so that I may share my life with you because I am among you, because God is with us. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas and at every Mass. So Merry Christmas.